confidence. It's about truth. And everybody said amen. So here we go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou settest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou lowest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. So the message that was given to the children of Israel was this. You've got to believe this. You've got to know this. And you've got to teach this to your family. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Can you say amen? So, Tonight, let me make a couple of statements before we plunge right into the Word. We are monotheist, M-O-N-O-T-H-E-I-S-T, monotheist. And that is simply saying that we are believers of one God. We do not believe in two gods or three gods. We do not believe in three persons of God. We are not Trinity. We are oneness people. And I'm not going into the past of the Trinity, but I can tell you, I spoke with Steve Sandifer today on the phone. He always comes up to me when I teach on this. And he says, all you got to do is go get the encyclopedia and it'll tell you. But the Trinity doctrine is not a doctrine that we teach. We are oneness people and we do not believe in Trinitarianism in this church. So we are, we are of monotheism, or we are monotheist, and we are, we are not Jesus only. Write that down in your book or in your pages. We are not Jesus only. We've been accused of that many times. We are not Jesus only. We believe in the Father. We believe in the Son. We believe in the Holy Ghost. And when I get through with my teaching, you will understand how strongly we believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. But these three are one. Everybody said amen. So we'll start with this, and you can fill in the blanks as we go. There is only one God. One God. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, and you have these scriptures, and so I'll, I'll go through them very quickly but it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. In Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 22, and these are Old Testament scriptures. Most of the things that I will deal with tonight are Old Testament because, because we're going to deal with the mighty God. It's not who God is tonight. It's what God is. It's not who God is. We know God. We feel God's presence, but what God is. And so I'm going to, I'm going to get to that in just a few minutes, but... Samuel said this, Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And then Psalms 86 and 10 says, For thou art great, and doest wondrous things. Thou art God, and everybody say that last word with me, alone. If you're God alone, you're not God with another God or God with somebody else. You are God alone, is what the psalmist said. Isaiah 43 and 10 said, That ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Watch this closely. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. It does not get much plainer than that. Isaiah 44 and 6, 
Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Now keep these things in mind, because when we get over to the New Testament, I'm going to show you somebody else that was the first and the last. Or should I say, that went by another manifestation of God. Isaiah 44 and 8 said, Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. The 24th verse said, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. I submit to you on this Wednesday night that you cannot be alone and you cannot be by yourself. And have anybody else with you. Does that make sense? That's pretty elementary, isn't it? The, Isaiah 45 and 6 said that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Now I know I'm reading a lot of scripture, but I want you to get this. The, the 21st verse said, And there is no God else beside me, a just God and Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me, and he, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. And over and over and over, 46 and 9 said, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. The 48th chapter, the 11th verse of Isaiah. I will not give my glory unto another. And then Malachi 2 and 10 said this. Watch this. Have we not all one Father? Have not, hath not one God created us? So here's what I'm here to tell you tonight. It's not who God is. It's what God is. We know there is a God. And we know and understand that that He is all-powerful and almighty, and I'm going to cover a little bit of that. But God is not a person. God is a spirit. God, I don't want to get ahead of myself tonight, but many people make the mistake, as a matter of fact, I'm just being totally honest with you, the Trinitarian doctrine said that there is one God, but there is three persons. Now, either you have one plus one plus one, that equal three, or you've got one-third God and one-third God and one-third God, that equals one. We don't believe there's three persons. A person is a body. I challenge you to take any dictionary in America and, and look at it. A person is a physical body. We do not believe God is a person. God John 4, 24, is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So let's move to the next part. Here's what we believe. He is, and you fill this blank in, the mighty God. The Bible calls him the almighty. As a matter of fact, Genesis 17 and 1 said, When Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And then in Exodus chapter 6, he said, And I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. He said, I am the Almighty God. If you are the Almighty God, then there is none mightier than you. Amen? So we believe that. We believe we serve the Almighty God. What is the, and fill this in, nature of God? Let's talk about what God is tonight. I've already said it, but I'm going to give you Scripture and talk about it again. What is the nature of God? Is God a person? Is God three persons? Is God two persons? Is God is no. God is a and fill your blank in spirit. Spirit. 
You can feel a spirit. I've felt bad spirits before. I've felt good spirits before. I've felt all kinds of spirits. I've felt happy spirits before. But God is a spirit. John 4.24, it's in your notes. God is a spirit, and, they, and it says it very carefully. God is a spirit. There's no, you cannot deny that God is a spirit. Anybody that tells you God is a person don't understand God. God is a spirit. And furthermore, God is invisible. You can put that in the next blank. You can't see God. Nobody's ever seen God. John 1.18 said, No man has seen God at any time. If somebody said, matter of fact, there was a preacher not long ago that I heard that uh, he, he, you know, he was having these visitations with Jesus Christ. Well, that, that was flamboyant and, you know, and people were going crazy and nuts. And then he came out and he said, I also saw the Father. I saw God. What? No man has ever seen God at any time. Nobody. Everybody in this room say nobody has ever seen God. Here's another scripture, First Tim, or excuse me, Colossians 1.15, who is the image of the invisible God. Paul called him the invisible God. Talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, we'll talk about that next week, is the image of who? The invisible God. He's not another God. He's the image of the invisible God. First Timothy 1 and 17 said this, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, what's that next word? Somebody shout it out. Invisible, the only wise God. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I want you to just say this with me. This will help you. I want everybody in this room to say this with me. You cannot see God. Nobody's ever seen God. Now, I know what's going through your mind. And, and we're going to cover that. Well, so-and-so saw God. And this one in the Old Testament said, no, they didn't. They saw theophanies of God. They saw manifestations of God. Here's the next thing I want you to understand. God, the Spirit, is omnipresent. I want you to understand that word. Omnipresent means... That he is everywhere, always. He's everywhere. God's here tonight. God's in California. God's in New York City. God's in Beijing. God's in Australia. God's in Israel. God's everywhere. You believe that? God, if he was a person, could not be everywhere. But that's why... We understand God is an omnipresent spirit. We had a mighty move of the Spirit of God here Sunday. And we do often. But we're not the only ones that feel His presence. He doesn't just show up at 6680 Frontage Road. He is everywhere present. Here's what 1 Kings 8 and 27 said. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold the heavens. And heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built. Talking about the house of God that David built. Listen to this. In, in Isaiah 66 and 1. Thus saith the Lord. The heaven is thy throne. And the earth is my footstool. Is what he said. Psalms word 39. And this is one of my favorite. David said in verse 7. Whether shall I go from thy spirit? Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up to the heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are built alike to thee, are both alike to thee, excuse me. For thou hast possessed my reins, and thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. David said, everywhere I go, you're there, God. 
If I'm in the clouds, if I'm in the heavens, you're there. If I even make my bed in hell, you are there. You are the omnipresent spirit. You are everywhere always. I cannot escape God. God is everywhere. You believe that? Here's the second thing about God. God is not only omnipresent. God is omniscient. That word is spelled O-M-N-I-S-C-I-E-N-T. Omniscient. I don't think we got that up there, but that's okay. O-M-N-I-S-C-I-E-N-T. You know what that means? God knows everything. He is all-knowing. There is nothing that escapes God. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows the every sparrow that falls from the sky. God knows everything. So Psalms 139 said this. David again said, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid Thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain unto it. I want you to say this with me now. You've already said God is invisible. I want you to say this with me. God is everywhere. And I want you to say this. God knows everything. You know, I, 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 I marvel at people sometimes. And they just say, this is a statement that I've heard people say. You know, Brother Chance, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm this and I'm that. But God knows my heart. There has never been truer words spoken. And don't you ever forget it, God does know your heart. He knows every thought of your mind. The Bible said He knew your request even before you ask. He knows what you're thinking on this Wednesday night. That's a scary thought, isn't it? You better capture your thoughts right now. He knows if you got Johnny's pizza on the brain or one God on the brain. He knows. Here's another thing. God is not only omnipresent and omniscient. God is omnipotent. That's the next blank for you to fill in. Omnipotent. That word is spelled O-M-N-I-P-O-T-E-N-T. Omnipotent. You know what that word means? He has all power. Somebody here say all power. He is the almighty God. He is the all-powerful God. That's why he keeps saying in the Word, I read it to you, there's not anything, anyone like me, there's not anyone above me, there's not anyone beside me. I am God. There is none that can compare with me. In other words, he has all power. Romans 13 and 1 said, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be are ordained of God. He's all-powerful. Revelation 19 and 6 said this about him. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God, here's our word, omnipotent reigneth, the most powerful God the only God, the Almighty God, is reigning in Revelation 19 and 6. So I'm here to tell you on this night that God is everywhere. He knows everything, and He has all power. Let me say that again. God is everywhere. He knows everything, and He has not some power, all power. Everybody here ought to shout amen. Here's another attribute of God, of His nature. Here it is. God is, and fill this in, eternal. Everybody say eternal. Do you understand what eternal is? If you go study that word, you will find that eternal has not just no ending, but no beginning. 
God was before everything. God is, you, you can't comprehend God. I can't comprehend God. Because our finite mind cannot understand how, how long God's been here. How long God has always existed. Because with God, there is no beginning. The earth had a beginning. You had a beginning. Even Jesus Christ had a beginning. Because He is the only begotten Son. Here's where many people err. They say, God the Son. That's a term that's not biblical. God the Son. It's the Son of God. I'll talk about that next week. But they also say that Jesus Christ is eternal. Jesus Christ is not eternal. It is an impossibility for you to be eternal and be begotten. And the Bible said that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, which means that He had a beginning. The Son is not eternal, but the Father is eternal. God is our Heavenly Father, and He is eternal. Deuteronomy 33 and 27 called Him the eternal God is my refuge. 1 Timothy 1.17 said, Now unto the King eternal. So we're talking about a God that has no beginning and a God that has no ending. Not only is God eternal, here's the next blank you can fill in. God is immutable. I-M-M-U-T-A-B-L-E. Immutable. God is immutable. Here's, here's what that word means. Listen to me. God is unchanging. He's immutable. He never changes. His hair don't get white. His skin don't get wrinkled. Number one, he don't have it. But I'm just saying God don't get old. God never changes. So he is the eternal, immutable God. Malachi 3, 6 said, For I am the Lord, and I change not. I am the Lord. God had never changed from the beginning of time. Before there was a world, God is and God still is. And 10,000 years from now, God still will be. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. I'm not changing. I'm immutable. Times change. People change. Things change. Jobs change. Society changes. But God is immutable. I want you to understand that. That's why, oh, I could preach right here. That's why you could put your, your foot on, on the rock and have your mind made up. Because God's not shifted from one generation to another. He's not shifting with time. He's not like everything and everybody else. God is just God. And He's been there. And He is here. And He will be here. He is the God that is the immutable, unchanging God. Somebody shout amen. Now here's something for you to think about. Here's the next blank. God has a will. How many of you believe God has a will? He has a will. Romans 9.19 said, For who hath resisted his will? He has a will. God has a will and we need to find it. We often talk about the will of God. Well, let me tell you one of God's wills. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the will of God. The will of God is for you to be saved. The will of God is for you to be in good health and prosper. That's the will of God. Some of y'all don't believe that, but it's truth anyway. So let me move a little, little closer. Here we go. Here's the next blank. God's moral attributes. Put that in your notes. Moral attributes. Here's what they are. Here's what God is. We're talking about what God is tonight. So He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's eternal. He's immutable. He has a will. And guess what? He has many moral attributes. Watch this. In 1 John 4 and 8, He is love. In, in 1 John 1 and 5, He is light. These are in your notes. In 1 Peter 1, 16, He is holiness. He is mercy. He is gentleness. He is righteousness. He is goodness and perfection 
and justice and faithfulness and truth and grace. And I gave you scriptures for every one of those moral attributes of God. They're in your notes. Go read every one of them. And your understanding about God will start to come to fruition because sometimes we just speak of God as some faraway character or somebody that's a figment of the imagination. Let me tell you, God is in your house if you'll pray. God is in this place if we'll believe. God is everywhere that we go. Let me tell you, when I get in my car every day, God is with me. When I go to work every day to do my, God is with me. You believe that? I believe in the, the attributes of God. He is love and light and holiness and mercy and gentleness and righteousness and goodness. All of the things that are lifted there. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about, about seeing God. I mentioned this a few minutes ago. What happens when, in, or what happened in the Old Testament? For instance, for instance, uh, let's take Balaam. When Balaam was, was going to curse the people of God. And God spoke through a donkey. How many of you in this room believe God's a donkey? He's not a donkey. The Bible said that God spoke through the donkey. He, he spoke through that animal. God's not an animal. It was a theophany of God. God's not a cloud or a fire. When Moses was on the backside of a desert and a bush he saw on fire, he was tending sheep, and the bush was on fire. And he got, he got a little closer, and there was a voice that came out of the bush. You know what the voice said? Moses, pull off your shoes. You are on holy ground. Is God a bush? No. But that bush and that fire that was on that bush. As a matter of fact, the fire was on the bush, but the bush was not consumed. Are you with me? It was a theophany of God. When Moses said, Lord, I want to see your glory. And he said, you can't see my glory and live. You can't see my face and live. He said, let me see your glory. He said, he said to Moses, he said, I will put you in a cleft and the rock. And I will walk by, but when I do, I'm going to put my hand over your eyes. We, we read about the hand of God or the finger of God. Who wrote the Ten Commandments? The Bible talked about the finger of God. And, and there, there is a long word that I won't even try to say it because you won't remember it anyway that tells you that, that, that tells us that God uses the emphasis of bodily parts to describe to humanity some of the works of God, the right hand of God. How can a spirit have a right hand? God doesn't have a right hand. Somebody said, well, Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Really? The Father is a spirit. How many spirits you know of with a right hand? How many spirits you know of with a finger? The Bible said he wrote the Ten Commandments with the finger of God. So here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to tell you. When, when Jacob wrestled all night, there was a theophany of God. Theophany of God. A theophany, listen to this now closely. A theophany is a visible manifestation of God. In the Old Testament, usually temporary. And there is never a theophany of God in the New Testament. Why? Let me tell you why. He didn't need a theophany. Because he robed himself in flesh. I'm going to have to get off of that because I'll be there before I know it. But he robed himself in flesh and men didn't need a theophany. They had Jesus Christ who was the incarnation of God. I will call no names, but this week I made contact with somebody that put a little something on Facebook and 
of a dear, dear friend of mine that is in our city. And, and I just wrote my thoughts. And we conversed back and forth. And he said, I'd love to talk to you about this. And it's this subject. And so he called me today. Just the greatest guy you'll ever meet in your life. Just, I hope, I hope you're watching. If you're not watching now, you will watch because I told you to watch. And I love you. But I, I, I want you to understand that our conversation—it's not combative. I'm not combating anybody over this. But you got to understand this: that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. God is not a person, folks. Listen to me right now, and I'm going to go back to this next week. But I got to touch a little bit right here tonight. God is a spirit. And, 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 I, and I said to him, God can't be a person. If God's a person, Mary's not a virgin. Mary knew no man. Mary was a little virgin, according to history, 16-year-old girl that had a baby. And Joseph... Her spouse, husband, was good with it. What a guy he was. I'd have been mad. We didn't preach enough about the goodness of Joseph. Joseph took it on the chin. What do you think the rumor was around town? But here's the facts. Mary was a virgin. And Jesus was born of a virgin, not another person in a Godhead. So people see Theophanes. Here's, here, let me give you this. God appeared unto Abraham in a vision. Here's what he appeared as, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp, and as a man in Genesis. God appeared unto Jacob in a dream as a man in Genesis chapter 28. And, and in Genesis chapter 32, God appeared unto Moses in a cloud and in a fire on Mount Sinai, spoke to him face to face in the tabernacle, and revealed to him his back, partial glory, but he never saw his face, all of his glory. Exodus 24 and, and Exodus 33 and Exodus 33. God manifest himself to all of Israel through thunder and lightning and a cloud and a voice of a trumpet and smoke and fire and earthquakes. But God is not all that. That was theophanies of God. Job, Job saw God in a whirlwind. Various prophets saw visions of God, Ezekiel and Daniel, etc. He, God appeared as an angel in some places. The Bible said the angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses in the burning bush, but then says that God talked to Moses on that occasion. You with me? So he appeared as an angel. The angel of the Lord appeared unto Israel in Judges chapter 2 and spoke as God. In Judges 6, it describes the appearance of the angel of the Lord to Gideon. It then says the Lord looked on Gideon. So, so God revealed himself through theophanies many times in the Old Testament, but never in the New Testament. God used, listen to this, God used names and titles in the Old Testament to progressively reveal himself. You got to hear this. Names and, and were, were most significant or more significant in the Old Testament times. They depicted history and character or the nature of individuals. And for instance, Abram's name was changed to Abraham, and Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Why? Because God changed them to names that glorified Him and to depict character or depict history. In Genesis 1, we find the name Elohim. Notice that name. This word is used more than any other in the Old Testament to mean God. It is a plural word that denotes the greatness and the majesty and the many attributes of God. You're going to hear that word if you ever talk to anybody that's knowledgeable about 
about God. Elohim. Elohim does not mean there's a plurality of gods. It is significant of many attributes of God and many workings of God. Yahweh or Jehovah is the redemptive name of God in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 6 and the unique name by which the one true God distinguished himself in the Old Testament from all other gods. These are things that are in your notes. There are many other names that are used in the Old Testament to describe God. Oh, if I had time tonight, I'd preach you a sermon. I've got it in my notes. I'm going to preach it before long, and I've preached it before. Look at the compound names that were used in the Old Testament that God used to progressively reveal Himself. Watch this. These are in your notes. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Rapha. Which means the Lord that heals. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord our banner. Jehovah Jehovah Imkadish, the Lord that sanctifies. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Sabbath, the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Ilion, the Lord most high. Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. And, and on and on it goes. Jehovah Zidkanu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Shama, the Lord is present. Let me tell you something. All of those things, all of those names are the name of Jehovah God. But let me tell you, honey, and I'm going to preach this on a Sunday morning when this whole church is here. Those Old Testament names were powerful. But when you say J-E-S-U-S, you get the healer. You get the Savior. You get the provider. You get every name of the Old Testament all wrapped in one. Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is tonight? I'm not going there. I'm going to quit right now. Messing up a good sermon. Here's what we need to establish the, uh, about God of the Old Testament. So here we are. Ready? Doing good. There's only one God. That's the first blank. There's only one God. God is a what? Spirit. Thank you. God is, if He has no beginning and no ending, God is eternal. Am I going too fast? Write those things down. The first one is there's only one God. God is not a person. God is a spirit. God is eternal. He has no beginning, no ending. Here's the next one. God is invisible, but manifests himself through theophanies. God is, there's three things that start with an O. I wonder if anybody can say it without looking. Huh? There it is. Thank you, Bethany, that old preacher's daughter coming out in you right now. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. Okay? Those three things. God is omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. Here's the next thing is. He is the creator of all things. God is the creator of all things. Here, i got a question for you all right quick. Let me just throw a little commercial in for next Wednesday night, Okay? If God created all things, what does John 1 and 1 mean? Anybody know what John 1 and 1 says without looking? Don't put it on the board. Anybody know what John 1 and 1 says? What does it say, Mom? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Bible goes on to say that He made all things. The Word. They also said that he came into his own and his own received him not. The Word. If he's the creator, how's God the creator? It's not a hard question. It's not a trick question. He was God. But God manifests himself in that body. Oh, I can't wait till next week. It's my favorite lesson. God is immutable. Write that down. Unchanging. And God is our heavenly, ready, Father. He's our Father. I want you to remember this, what I'm about to tell you, okay? To understand God, you have to understand, first of all, Jesus, there's a question many years ago, is Jesus in the Godhead or is the Godhead in Jesus? Well, Jesus is not in, a, in the Godhead. The Bible said, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. 
But here's what I want you to understand. In order to understand all of that, you've got to understand who the Father is, who the Son is, and who the Holy Ghost is. And furthermore, you've got to understand what the Father is and what the Son is and what the Holy Ghost is. These are not three persons in God. These are manifestations of God. Remember these things. If you, This is not in your notes, but I want, you, you can drop down to the bottom and write this down because this is, this is the crux of it all. God is this. He is the Father in creation. Listen to me. He's the Father in creation. He is the Son in redemption. Why Jesus come? Huh? Pop Luke nineteen ten on there. It's just out of the out of the blue. Why Jesus come? Anybody know why Jesus came? Read that. Why did he come? Seeking to save that which was lost. So, he's the Father in creation. He's the Son in redemption. He is the Holy Ghost in regeneration. Regeneration is that born again experience. It's what you got, Joseph, just a couple weeks ago. It's what you got, Ronnie Cup. And it's not some other God. Let's guess what Paul said about the Holy Ghost. Paul said, it's Christ in you. The hope of glory. It's God coming into us. Oh, you want some more? Watch this. You say, well, now the Holy Ghost is separate from Jesus Christ. No, it's not. It's Christ in you. Well, the Holy Ghost is separate from God. Really? Really? Well, go to Romans 8. Who raised up Jesus from the dead? Somebody tell me who raised up. God. Everybody say God. God, who is a raised up Jesus. Put, put Romans chapter 8. Ah, go about 8 and 9. I may have to go back further. I don't know. So they that are in the flesh, please God. Let's go down. Rate 8 and 9. Watch this. You have the flesh and the spirit. Be of the spirit. Uh, if so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man hath not the spirit of God, he's none of his. Watch this. Verse 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead. Going down. I may have missed it. But oh, here it is, right here. But if now we're talking about the Holy Ghost being separate from Jesus or separate from God. I want to show you that all three are the same. Paul said, Paul said, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the Holy Ghost. That's what came into you. That's what came into you. The Holy Ghost. Christ coming into you. Okay? But but we also know. So if that's the Holy Ghost is in you and Christ is in you, where's God at in all this? If, if they got three persons, there's not three persons. If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead. Who raised up Jesus from the dead? The Bible tells us God raised up Christ. So if the Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, where? Dwells where? Huh? Where, David? What spirit did you get when you got it? I guess, you me tell you what you got? The same time Joseph did. You got the Father in you. You got the Son in you. You got the Holy Ghost in you. You got Christ in you, the hope of glory. You got the Spirit of Him that raised up Christ from the dead. And you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not another God. It's not another experience. They're all wrapped up in one. It's just a matter of understanding every question of the Godhead. Please write this down. Just make this statement on your paper. Every question of the Godhead can be answered with two words. Spirit and flesh. Spirit and flesh. God is a spirit. God's never been a person. God never will be a person. God is a spirit. Who overshadowed Mary? God overshadowed Mary. And she became with child. That make sense? You say, well, the Bible said, and it does say, that which is in Mary is conceived of the Holy Ghost. I believe that. It also said, that it was a child of God. So Mary, uh, Jesus didn't have two daddies, folks. Jesus only had one daddy. 
So the Holy Ghost and the Father are the same. Not another spirit. See, 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 if you just just remember this. Any question. You know, I had something thrown at me real hard this week. Well, Pastor, let me ask you this then. Who was Jesus praying to when he was on the cross? Well, that's as simple, simple as it gets. Simple. You ready for this great theological answer? He's praying to God. God's a spirit. His flesh didn't want to die. He was... Would y'all just knock me away from the table? I'm trying to go to next week, and I don't need to go to next week. But God was just... Jesus Christ was God and man. It was the man part of him praying to the God. The man was in the, the shoes of Jesus right there at that point in time in the Garden of Gethsemane. But God feels heaven and earth. God the Spirit is omnipotent, omnipresent. Jesus, are you ready? Oh, you don't like this. Jesus wasn't omnipresent. He could only be at one place at one time. That's why he walked the shores of Galilee where I just came back. I followed the footsteps. I saw where he went. I saw where he taught. I, I was there. He was not omnipresent. God is omnipresent. God the Spirit came over Mary. She had a boy. Her baby was both God and man because his daddy was God, but his mama was flesh. And so when Jesus was on the cross, when he hung his head and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He felt the Spirit of God leave his body, and he couldn't even die until that Spirit left him. You see, I'm talking about God tonight. All the Almighty God, the God, his names in the Old Testament. Tell us what kind of God He is. When you talk about all these Old Testament names, and He's our provider, He's our healer, He's our victory, He's our peace, He's the Almighty God, He's our shepherd, He's our maker, He's our righteousness, and on and on it goes. We must understand that the God of the Old Testament, to understand the God of the Old Testament, to understand the God of the New Testament. You can't understand Jesus and His role until you understand God. God is a spirit. God will be forever. But let me just tell you this. There is coming a time when the role of Jesus is going to be over. The Bible said, He's going to hand it back to the Father. His role as the Son will be over. How many thrones are there? John said, I saw one throne. I'm going to tell you what, they're going to be fighting up there for three persons for that one throne. John said, I saw one. And there was one that sitteth on the throne. That's what John said. I saw only one that sitteth on the throne. So here's, here's where we are. I'll give you just a little bit of taste. The greatest revelation we can have, as, and I told my wife this this evening, the great theologians, I want you to listen to me real, and you that are watching, I want you to understand something. This comes by revelation. If you will go study history, you will find that monotheism was, was the doctrine until, until the church, the Catholic Church changed monotheism to polytheism in 325 A.D. at the Council of Nicaea. Go study history. That's not me. That's history. Go study your encyclopedia. As a matter of fact, if you can find the word Trinity in this Bible, I will eat my Bible. It's not here. But one is there over and over and over and over. So here's, here, here's what you've got to understand. To understand God is by revelation and to understand who God is. Does anybody remember this? And I'm closing. Does anybody remember this? When Jesus was talking to his disciples that day and said, Whom do men say that I am? And one said, Well, I heard the other day you were Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said, But, but whom do you say that I am? And it was Simon Peter that said these words. 
Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. To know who Jesus is and to understand the, the oneness of God comes by revelation. How do I know that? Here's how I know that. Because Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. But my Father, which is in heaven. When you grab this, Brother Michael, I love you so much. You're drinking it in tonight, aren't you? But when you grab this, this one God, Jesus' name, message of the Scriptures, when you grab this, it's only by revelation. God has to reveal that to you. There is so much teaching out there and so many smart people that have written books and they teach seminars and they got seminaries and, and they're pastors of enormous churches. And they, But let me just tell you, can I just tell you that the day that we're living in, there is a one God revival and there is a Jesus name revival happening around the world. And people are coming to the fullness of truth that there is only one. And so I close with the same scripture that I started with. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You gotta know it, you gotta teach it, you gotta live it, you gotta breathe it, you gotta sleep it, you gotta eat it, you gotta get it down inside of here. There is no other God beside Him. There is no other God above Him. There is no other God that you can pray to. There is no other God that can answer prayer. God, look, while I'm here on this Wednesday night enjoying the presence of God, they're enjoying God at POA in Alexandria. They're enjoying God in Chicago, Illinois. They're enjoying, because the omnipresent, omniscient, omnipresent, omniscient God is everywhere, seeing all prayer, knowing everything, being with us, doing what He does, and He is still God. He hasn't changed. He still moves in all creation. He still fills the earth. He still sees and hears and answers prayer. He knows the desperation of men. That's what God is, and that's who God is. And when we understand that, our, our, our understanding of Jesus Christ that we're going to get next Wednesday night is even going to be greater than it's ever been when I tell you who Jesus really is. Just know this. Stand with me right now. Not another God. Not another God. He is not another God. He is not a second person in a Godhead. He is the manifestation of the God that I'm talking about tonight. Nobody has ever seen God except in the body of Jesus Christ. And I'll give you this little, this little bit. Jesus said, Have I been so long with you? And you have not known. They said, Lord, show us the Father. He said, have I been so long with you? And you have not known me? When you see me, you have seen the Father. Aren't you glad you know who the Father is tonight? Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. 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 Say it with me. He's the mighty God.